right? Yeah. So I'm like ripping around the state in my wife's Passat with half barrels in the back and six barrels in the back seat because it's oh, 20 geez. below zero. And they're gonna oh, no. freeze if they're in my truck. Yeah, I'm 70, 77 years old and I'm still alive. <laughs> but it's because of the dude, stout. The stout. <laughs> so it literally is the stout. <laughs> yeah, it's a stout. It helps a lot. Good for the joints. I think so too. I don't have any joint problems. There you go. Except beer joints. <laughs> Welcome to the Craft Beer Travel and Adventure Podcast with Living a Stout Life. This is where we sit down with creative thinkers, on-the-road adventurers, and craft beer lovers. Your hosts, Ken and April, live, work, and travel in a 24-foot RV in search of inspiring stories around a great beer. It's springtime in the Bighorns. Right now, can you imagine what it would be like if we were there right now? Springtime in the Bighorns right now. In Wyoming? It would probably be pretty nice It'd there. It'd be beautiful. Probably still be a little bit of snow up in the Bighorns, I would imagine. Yeah, there was snow there when we went there last... It was actually in it was May, May last year. It was in May that we went there. Yeah, actually it was, it was snowing when we were hiking. It was really beautiful there to just... It was interesting to be, you know, hiking around up in the Bighorns and the snow and everything, and then you get down into... You kind of come down off the Bighorns and it gets less and less snow and it's just more yeah. springtime and get down into Ten Sleep, which was really cool. In that like valley area there, Ten Sleep. Well, it's just a very small town in Wyoming. <laughs> yeah. Small, yeah. Like which, 250, 300 people. Yeah. Well, which a small town in Wyoming, you'd think very you small. would just drive straight through it. But it's, and a lot of people do drive straight through it because it's right in the middle of either going towards Yellowstone or going towards um, the Black Hills. Black Hills, yeah. In South Dakota. Yeah. Right. So it's a great thoroughfare. It's definitely um, a don't blink destination because <laughs> you will miss it if you blink. But, but you it's sh- a cool spot. You shouldn't miss you it. You shouldn't be- miss it. Well, and it's not like we went there just specifically for the mountains. Everybody knows us, knows that we went there for a brewery, the beer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was actually pretty interesting to find a brewery in that location because it's literally, there's nothing out there. Um, But it was kind of cool to find um, this barn brewery, literally a brewery built in a barn. and uh, On a farm. On a farm. And just to find the community out there because it's like a big rock climbing destination. We didn't know that. until we were talking to people while we were there. Yeah, so we do like mountain biking. We do like mountain biking and <laughs> snowboarding and hiking, but haven't quite done the mountain or the rock climbing yet. No, no, not full on rock climbing. I mean, we've done just hiking and. We haven't done any rock climbing. Been screwing around on rocks, but I've never. On the rocks, but I wouldn't call it rock climbing. We've never no. done rock climbing. <laughs> no. So anybody who out there who's out there wants to like you know say hey I'll teach you we'll we'll take you up on that. Schools us. Yeah. Please, Schools us. Please, we would love to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but if I think I, if I can get over my fear of heights, then we can do it. You can do it. I could probably do it so, as long. Yeah, I mean, if I'm just doing little stuff, probably probably could manage it. You can do it. So anyhow, I was going to say, when the world gets back to normal, they have a huge like rock climbing festival with music oh, and yeah. rock climbers come in from all over the country and a lot of beer and camping. And this is all at um, Ten Sleep Brewing Company. 
um, which yeah. is what drew us to that area is the brewing company. Yeah, it's really cool because you're out on a farm at a brewery and that's not just it. I mean, you can camp there and they have space for you to camp. They have showers there because they do entertain a lot of rock climbers throughout that season. So they stay there quite a bit. I think it's like $4 a night. Yeah, that's something like that. Cheap it's super camping. cheap. Super cheap. And like you were saying, they have like concerts out there and stuff and I don't, it's like really festivals. Cool place. Yeah. And when, the town itself is pretty cool. Well, too. when we were there, it was, they were, <laughs> this is why you have to love small <laughs> towns as well. Cause when we were there, we went to the brewery and they were having a graduation party for the local community, high school graduation, mind you, not college, but there is a couple of kids there. Um, they're having a graduation party there. The kids were not they drinking. They weren't drinking. They weren't drinking. <laughs> But you know, like any brewery, it's family style. So. Yeah, and it and it was one of the um, uh, opening days of their new spring hours, going into summer, and it was a beautiful blue sky spring day. So it was just really, it was just very memorable, and that's why we thought you know it'd be a great time to bring that back to all of us now, like just waiting to start traveling again. Um, plus. I was actually going somewhere else with this too when we were done talking to Dave and Justin at the brewery and everybody else was also done um, hanging out and, you know, the brewery was closing. Where do you go in a small town? You go to the bar, man. The dive bar. The dive bar, yeah. <laughs> uh, and that was the Bighorn, right? Bighorn bar. Bighorn bar. Yeah, we actually caught it's a ride with like a couple. It's like on their main street. It's not called main street. It's like second avenue or something but it's on main street but it's the main street yeah. you know any small town has its main street right so. it was it was the dive bar but we got a ride with some of the locals there and like hung out with people there it was a lot of fun like that's one another reason why i think i really love small towns i think oftentimes more than the big city because if you're just in a brewery in a big city you're not going to really get invited to go somewhere else by a stranger yeah not like that no no because no, i mean it was probably the only place open in town that at night it After was. like eight o'clock at night or whatever it was, yeah. you know. But it was and, just fun. You're getting to know people and you're talking, you're hanging out and you're dancing and you're playing pool. And and I mean, they actually, this was a dive bar, yes, but they had a few craft beers in bottles and cans and stuff there. More than just from Ten Sleep? Yeah. Yeah. They had I a little bit. Of, I, th I believe they had a little bit of Ten Sleep beer there, but I think okay. they had just... You know, it wasn't a, it was not a craft beer bar by any means, but they had bar. a they had a few things there. Yeah. Enough enough that you were fine if you could if you can't handle drinking yellow fizzy stuff, you could. Uh, <laughs> but it made you me could think have of, something decent. It made me think of another night that we had when we were hanging out in um, Fair Play in Colorado, where uh, we were just um, we went to have dinner, and then we decided we were going to try to go back to the brewery in Fair Play, but there was something going on at the little local dive bar that we were like, oh, let's go check this place out instead, and ended yeah. up spending like probably three or four hours drinking yeah, at least. bullshit crap, best worst beer, because that's all they had at this place in Fair Play. But it was so much fun. Like, I love hanging out at that bar. So don't diss dive bars too much. Where else were we? We were just somewhere in um, Arizona, like this last, in um, November, December. And they had um, the little dive bar, so we went to the brewery in Bisbee, Old Bisbee Brewing, correct? Oh, yeah, And yeah. then we heard stories from some other locals that. that we were supposed to, like, walk across the way and go to this other bar. I cannot remember the name of it. Um, I'll put it in the show notes, though, so you guys know where we go. But that place was really cool, too. Just dark 
and dank and <laughs> it was, but it was big and it was a cool place to hang out. And they had some really good beers there as well. And then we ended up talking to a couple of people that we had met somewhere else down the street yeah. and we hung out with them. And one of those guys got kicked out because <laughs> <laughs> they had already drank too much at the brewery. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then I ended up making friends with a local there who was telling me his whole story about like drug issues and drug problems and ex-wife <laughs> issues and say hi to a stranger. Small town, <laughs> country western sing song songs. Yeah, uh, in, a, in a small town dive bar, you say hi yeah. to a stranger and you get the whole history of maybe not even just that person, but the whole town. I do miss having flights, but I think I miss oh, more drinks. flights. Yeah. yeah, I think I miss more going up to a bar and just sitting there and saying hi to a stranger like you get oh, so yeah. many stories from that and that's how we actually end up getting some of our interviews too actually i think that's how we got 10 sleep because we tried to call them ahead of time but we just showed up right yeah i think they were just so busy with everybody you know that i mean it's just it's just a small town brewery and they were packed that day with, because of the graduation, because of the graduation and it was just least. opened up and it was blue sky and summertime or yeah, springtime and beautiful so. But that's how you met um, Carol. So Carol, we didn't get to talk to <laughs> yeah. Carol. She is the actual owner. Um, we talked to Carol's son. Who is? Justin. And who is kind of ta basically taking over as ownership because his parents are retiring. You'll hear more about that. Yeah. Here in a but, minute, we, but Kenny, like, totally just, we just went up to Carol and introduced ourselves. And she was the sweetest woman. And, like, oh, gosh, there's yeah. this great picture that you guys had. And then there's <laughs> a picture of her and Dave, who we also talked to Dave. What's his quote? He says something like 77. Yeah, you got to put that picture in the show I will. Too. I'll put those both in there. But Dave was even talking like 77 years old and I'm alive. He's like, <laughs> <Yeah>. that's stout. <laughs> I'm just like. Dave's pretty stout, man. Dave's Dave's got a cool gig there where yeah. he's an investor in the brewery, but, um, and a longtime friend of the family and helped build the brewery, all that good stuff. But You'll uh, hear about that. He's actually got like. He runs kind of an Airbnb business on the property too, yes. just or just like along the the brewery's near a river and a, and a rock bluff and a river and it like he lives just you know, I don't know what it was half a mile or Less a quarter mile that. away yeah, from the brewery. Yeah, you can walk along the river to get to his property. Right, and his he's got his cabin that he built there, but then he's got stuff that he rents out, and most of them are like like an old airstream that's been fixed up for renting and, or a tree house. And he built a tree house. He built a tree house that you can <laughs> yeah. rent like an Airbnb style tree house thing. And he's got the coolest, like if you just walk oh. around and check out his place, there's just the coolest little knickknacks all over the place outside, you know, down yeah, by the fire pit. And it's beautiful. It's just funky. Okay. Honestly, fun we haven't been there since last spring. So hopefully he's still doing this. Well, maybe not this summer, but <laughs> who knows? It's Wyoming. <laughs> when life comes back to normal. <laughs> Oy. That this whole... is unprecedented. Oh, you know? Shut up. I hate that word. <laughs> but it is. It's unprecedented. No more. No mas. No mas unprecedented. No mas. <laughs> okay. Not good. Anyhow. It's a special time. But anyhow, it's, <laughs> it's a special time. <laughs> but dive bars and breweries in small towns, like they each have a very special place in our hearts. I love, 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 love those places. And I cannot wait until we can walk back into places like that and just... What's the word like when you're a cowboy, like sidling up next to the bar? Yeah. And, just and not worry planting if you bump your ass shoulders there. with and, somebody yeah, and, or, yeah. or if, you, if you reach out to shake a hand, you can actually shake it and not, not freak out yeah. or worry that somebody's going to punch you. It's coming back. <laughs> it's all coming back. It'll come back. Yeah. So on that note, I think you guys should meet Dave and Justin of Ten Sleep. They'll entertain yep. you. Yeah. So here's Dave and Justin. <laughs> and we're here with Dave and Justin. Yep. Yeah. 
So maybe tell us like kind of how your relation your relationship is with the brewery. Yeah, I'm the general manager, and I think my dad like abdicated his crown in October. So <laughs> He's giving it to you. You volunteered me for being president. Yeah, Ooh. with um, so. I was kind of doing the job already, and it's we're pretty in, informal around here. So, um, yeah, this was this was Dad's idea. Um, you know, he got caught in kind of the economic apocalypse in 2008, 2009. He was building airplane hangers and stuff on airports, little tea hangers and stuff, and and we had um, we had relatives in Western Washington where Dave and Dad and the whole gang is originally from. You know, who had done a little brewery in uh, their old dairy barn and this it was back in like 2009 and 10 and so when dad you know was wondering what how to make the property contribute a little bit he said well heck I got a barn and at that point <laughs> Wyoming only had you know I don't man five or six breweries maybe um, so that was you know 2010 2011 or somewhere around in there and and uh, our relatives had started this little thing and immediately had way more demand than they knew what to do with. And so he thought, heck, I could do that, you know? <laughs> so he, uh, he started raising money from friends and family and Dave included. And, um, you know, kind of quickly topped out that, that <laughs> avenue and didn't know if it was gonna go further, but um, we found a, a fabricator down in Colorado who said they could build us a seven barrel system for pretty reasonable at that time and yeah. and um, dad was uh, had contacted the guys at Melvin at, at that point they oh, were yeah. timing up and um, Jeremy uh, was kind of a buddy and um, we know him through a local kid who's a North Face uh, snowboarder here in town oh, wow. grew up grew up here his whole life his family owns most of what you see on the mountain there oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, put us in touch with with Jeremy and and so Jeremy was kind of walking us through it a little bit and took a look at the systems that this guy's built and said, yeah, go for it. So they pulled the trigger in January of 2013. 13. And um, dad realized maybe a little bit, not not long after that, that he was in over his head and needed some help. <laughs> <laughs> I was in Oregon doing a, an engineering job at the time in Bend, Oregon, so surrounded by beer and, and drank a lot of beer and made some beer and knew a lot okay. of those guys. Um, and my... Uh, my company was sending all of their work to China so I could kind of see the writing on the wall. And I said, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. move back to Tent Sleep after 27 years, wow. you know? <laughs> so loaded up the wife and the two kids, one of which was a very small little bugger at that point, and um, headed back to Tent Sleep. And that's where, that's where our, our origin story kind of starts to get interesting because the, okay. uh, I rolled into here in the end of May of 2013 and, uh, and the fabricator, like, Stopped returning our phone calls. Stopped oh, returning our emails. Uh oh, and that's not good. <laughs> I thought, what did I just do? <laughs> and so, um, finally got him on the horn in early June. He said, "Oh yeah, I'm going out of business. My customers oh, are man. suing me. My wife's leaving me. My guys have all left." And I'm like, "I don't care. Where's my stuff?" Right. You know, man, he's a yeah. walking country <laughs> song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, he managed to ship. I mean, this went on. You know, we needed to be open in July because the, the retail season here is like this. Yeah, it's very June, July, narrow. and August. Right, because I assume here with 250 people, it's pr you probably oh, yeah. rely a lot on tourists coming through or so some, we have some all, kind of you know, we're on the main scenic route between 
the Black Hills and Yellowstone. And so we get those folks coming both ways. We're right, at, we're just off the Bighorns here. Yep. We're right on the edge of the Bighorns. And we're an yep. international destination for rock climbing. And um, as and we have you know pretty solid hunting season and whatnot, but okay. yeah, you so really wanted to be open right. that summer, and uh, it obviously wasn't going to happen. In um, in August, he managed to ship uh, the mash tun, and we got it, and it was all smashed in on one side. Oh. It looked like it had been <laughs> welded by a kindergartner. And then in oh. uh, in late August, I was heading down to like park on his doorstep, <laughs> and I got to Colorado because my family's from from that area and called him up he said well i just i just put the kettle on the on the truck and the platform and that was on a monday and on tuesday morning he called me up and said well the bank locked my doors so oh man <laughs> i'm just like what <laughs> and uh got up here and the shipping company lost the kettle you know and it's a how do you, do you lose, lose a seven seven barrel at that kettle? point they're like well we didn't see an address on it so we sent it to jackson because that's where all the big oh because yeah that's melvin right yeah. jackson and, and, and they're yeah. like we don't need another snake and, <laughs> and so when it finally and then they said oh and by the way it's kind of mangled and when a shipping company tells you something's mangled oh no. it's mangled and so that guy had been in such a hurry um that he had just tack welded the firebox on it's a oh, it's a um, you know direct fire kettle yeah. and stuck it on a truck nothing around it and so they were moving it around with pallet jacks and caved the whole bottom of the firebox in <laughs> so so we're sitting in here and dave was building away with dad on the whole thing this whole summer and we're sitting here in september with 2,000 pounds of steel smashed up laying out in the dirt and we're just like what did we do like when that tank came they were I mean Louie had to actually take the oh, whole yeah. thing apart so, there, there's his brother He's all these welder. guys are, are super handy which is the only reason we're even alive I mean because dad and Dave built the whole thing along with my brother and then my brother was a structural welder didn't have a ton uh, okay. of stainless experience but was able to piece the kettle firebox back together and on I'm, farm and I'm, yeah. I'm a, you know I've got a rooster engineer. that doesn't know what time it is yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was I started frantically buying components and stuff and I'd never set up a brewery before and so well, well yeah because you said you brewed home brewed right yeah so but and, stepping and up then, to a seven barrel system is a big, big when I yeah step. when I first even moved to um to back to Wyoming I interned I basically apprenticed with Jeremy for like two weeks in the back of time oh, really and I lived in his converted border patrol van out in the street <laughs> it was a very Melvin experience nice. <laughs> That's awesome. um, so yeah we're looking at uh, late September and we I had to, I bought three little Chinese fermenters and a, and a Chinese bright tank and wow everything they said about Chinese steel at that point it was true <laughs> and we got going and the first part of October Jeremy and, and one of his guys came out and we brewed uh, we brewed the porter first because we figured you could kind of screw up a porter it wouldn't be very obvious it's a little forgiving sometimes. I don't know what you did then but it's not screwed up now no and it, we, we've <laughs> been good. fanatically lucky I think but, um, well and you missed that. the summer season so yeah <laughs> October kind of had to go dark so. and um brewed I think our pale rider the next day and then Jeremy and everybody went see you and went home and we're like uh oh it was, nah, it was me and dad right yeah. and uh Jeremy oh, had cool. brought uh that old keg cleaner that we literally retired two days ago and it was a three phase just beat the hell old keg cleaner we have no three phase so we like MacGyvered this crazy 
crap altogether. November, one of the Chinese fermenters started leaking, took oh, us man. down to two fermenters. <laughs> and so, yeah, basically myself brewing and packaging and dad helping, and we decided to, Wyoming allows you to self-distribute. Okay. That's Which is fun. even today. Good and bad. Yeah. Because Wyoming is so damn big and there's so few people. So they let you self-distribute, but by God, you better have a warehouse and a semi or something, right? Yeah. So I'm like ripping around the state in my wife's Passat with half barrels in the back and six barrels in the back seat because it's oh, 20 geez. below zero. And they're going to oh, no. freeze if they're in my truck. So oh, no. that was my... That was our origin story that winter, and we were literally breaking ice in the sanitizer buckets and in the toilets. And we didn't have a steam vent, because the guy went out of business. So when we're brewing during the boil, I'd flip the big doors open, and it'd be one o'clock afternoon and 10 below zero, and you flip the doors open and it would like flash, flash freeze. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Steam all over everything, and it was just yeah. like a giant yeah. ice skating rink. <laughs> I didn't get to see any of that. No. Goodness, I'm out of here. Yeah, you, so, that's yeah. not your time of so year. So it was like Arizona. by you know by by February, it was like the thousand yard stare, and um, we hooked up with the local distributor out of Warland, Teton Distribution, and that took the load off of me ripping around the state, you know and. Self-distribution sounds like a great thing, and it, it probably is if you're in Denver because you have the population. Yeah, it's everywhere, like it's so easy to get but you don't up here. Go that far, but you're yeah. pretty far from anywhere you oh, need yeah. to distribute to. Yeah, right. And the cool thing about Wyoming is it's just like one big town with you know long Main Street, right? Because if you're in Wyoming, it doesn't matter if you're here or Sheridan or yeah. Sundance or wherever Green mm. River, you're in Wyoming, and so they'll give you a chance. And if you, you know, they'll keep the door open for you. And if you give them a good product, they'll stick with you like fanatically. And so we're very happy to be making good beer for good people in, in Wyoming. Yeah. So Dave, how'd you get involved in, in, in this glamorous oh, job? That's a yeah, pretty good story. I think it was, I don't know, the year 2012 or 13. Lyndon and I, my girlfriend were on our way to Sturgis with the Harley. And I hadn't seen Colin Carroll for years. And I didn't even know these guys. Oh. Wow. It's been that many years, does, and yeah. I think we spent five days here. We had a little motorhome and, and uh, visited with Cole and Carol, and uh, he was saying he's going to build a brewery. And I said, "Where at?" And he said, "Right here in the barn." And I said, "Here in the barn?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're on a farn. <laughs> That's in the a barn. It's a dirt floor. Yeah, we're not there. even in the yeah. middle of the 250 person. Yeah, thing. we're on the outskirts. That sounds. I said, "You need help?" And he said, "Yeah." <laughs> oh man. Yeah. And I said, "Because uh, that's the family." cabin that I own now that that's where these kids grew up for quite a while yeah that's what okay. anyway uh, I said is that cabin for sale and yeah but it went a lot of money so, well when it grow when it drops about a hundred grand let me know well, we came back the next year on the way to Sturgis uh -huh. never made it to Sturgis we spent about four weeks parked <laughs> right where the cooler is right there <laughs> in the motorhome we talked about brewery and doing stuff and I bought the cabin because it came down a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> and uh, we left and came back the next year and moved into the cabin and, started and spent five months, <laughs> five, five days a week, eight hours a day. Yeah. We're pulling the, I mean, yeah, that, the Cole and I, was, we was built the whole walk-in cooler. Of course, I'm a retired refrigeration guy, so I got okay. to, I got my hands on a lot of refrigeration stuff. And a buddy of mine from Washington State came out. We put in the glycol system 55 feet all underground, okay. got that all hooked up. and. Of course, Cole's framing, and I'm running wires and running 
water pipes and, and <laughs> hanging toilets and sinks and did all the tile work in the bathroom. Everybody did. everybody did everything. Yeah. yeah. It, it was all hands on. It was uh it was all what? this concrete. Old that cars and dead animal parts in there. Yeah. <laughs> like Wyoming bar. You know, it was uh, oh, so yeah. it was five months of fun. I just enjoyed the hell out of it. You know, a lot well, of work. That is really impressive, though. I mean, you hear yeah. of a lot of breweries, yeah. smaller breweries, getting started, doing a lot of the work themselves. But, I mean, this is not yeah. that small of a brewery. I mean, no. we're not, you know, as far as business-wise, we're not talking, you know, Avery or Odell's <laughs> or New Belgium. But but the the physical size of this brewery is pretty impressive that you guys did all this yourselves. Well, we we shoved the last fermenter that we could fit in there last, last June. And so... We've grown at 25 to 30 percent a year. Wow! And that's 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 a big number. It's fun to say that, but when you start with three little fermenters and you add four, yeah, was that the last one that but, picked up in Colorado? Yep. yep. Dave yeah. drove down with a with a flatbed trailer and drug it home from yeah. Rocky Mountain Vessels in Montrose. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Super good dudes. No. What would you say has like been one of the biggest challenges? We have. Uh, it's, it's funny, we have way more demand than we have capacity. And everybody, their immediate reaction is, well, that's a good problem to have. And yeah. yes, that's a good problem to have, but it's still a problem. And especially if you still have that problem three years later, right? You mm -hmm. want to be able to meet that demand or else people are eventually going to get sick of waiting for you. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. so we're trying to build a little facility out in the field and put maybe a 3,000 square foot building up with a little 15 barrel system. We don't want to go big. We don't need to go big, but we need to go a little bigger. Because you know, that, right. what is kind of fun though is we have two very different demographics. The summer demographic is climbers, right? And mm -hmm. so we are able to make IPAs and pails and have fun. And then the Wyoming demographic is more of the old school, you know, goldens and ambers and quarters and mm -hmm. stuff like right. that. So right now we have a hard time having any fun with new recipes because the because we're Brick capacity, and so, so you just have to crank out the stuff that's You don't get to selling. play as much as you'd like, and your your <laughs> brewers are like, "Oh, great, another speedo!" But hey, it pays the bills. We love speedo. Well, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny to talk about too. Like you said, you don't want your distribute your distributors to oversell. Yeah, which sounds counterintuitive to business, right? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. but like yeah. you said, if you don't deliver, yeah, 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 that can be worse than selling product you can't come up with. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, and, and the the it's such a seasonal swing that it can be hard because they tend to oversell in the winter because they have capacity you know and somebody says well i want speed goat on here and and they're like yeah sure and then summer comes along and and a lot well, of yeah then the tap room goes beer. crazy yeah. i'm sure i'm yeah. sure during the winter time you can yeah you don't push as much product out through the tap room as, no because people so yeah, we'll probably busy do suffering winter <laughs> yeah we'll probably but, do like 1500 barrels this year and um, we're done growing until we can get a mm -hmm. larger facility, which is kind of scary. <laughs> so on the other spectrum of things, then what yeah. would you say is like the most rewarding part of this? Well, you, you can drink it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I was going to say, I'm, I think I'm reaping rewards <laughs> right now. So. Yeah, it's but, such a I cool vibe in yeah. the summer. It's so cool and it's neat to be able to make a product that makes people happy. Mm -hmm. So we're the community center you know, so there's tons of kids running around. There's chickens running around, for better yeah. or worse. 
we got this cool stage. I know it's really that cool. is a cool stage. A cool at, backdrop. Look at the view. Yeah. Oh, look at the view. Well, I'm looking right up now, and it's just yeah. And, yeah. and it's such a cool vibe in the summer when people are cranking. And it's a cool vibe in the winter as well because it's a it's a little haven for the locals. We have trivia nights and stuff, mm -hmm. and and it's something to do. And and you offer camping too. Yeah. That's in the in the summer. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a little shower facility, and it's pretty primitive camping, but we have we have water, we have sh showers, we have wireless. Where and else beer. can you go? You would like your camping <laughs> in a brewery. Yeah. Like. But yeah. that's kind of that's one of the great things about good beer too is we find that it just fosters community. Yeah. If you have the right people running the brewery, and you guys, you know, you're you're local people, and you, yeah. You like the, uh, having your friends come and hang out? It's, we, it's you know. really cool seeing the trivia nights because yeah. you'll have mm -hmm. half the house is like old school locals and ranchers and Dave and all these folks. And then the other half is, is travelers and oh, yeah. and everybody's having a good time. Yeah. It's a cool vibe. So travelers like us who come in and do really good for two rounds. And then <laughs> yeah. you guys throw out the Wyoming trivia for round three and we get hammered. We're done. <laughs> well, the guy who runs our trivia is the, is the guy walking around as the brewing assistant. Okay. <laughs> he's, he's a retired college professor, and he, oh, wow. he, he yeah. does really good job at the truth. Cool. Yeah, that's so, really cool. Our, uh, and the brewer in there right now is his brother, who's a, had a whole career as a PhD electrical engineer at Boeing. And so we, wow. we've got these funny yeah. connections. Yeah. Then you've so, got retired refrigeration guys. Right? Yeah. It seems us, to be that common yeah. thread a lot yeah. in yeah. breweries. Yeah. 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 So there's a very, very beautiful bar top. In there, which really oh, wants yeah. to tell me the story oh. behind that. Yeah, I was dad built that in yeah. 1970. I was telling him last night that I sat at that same yeah. bar, <laughs> yeah. 1970 and prior. That's when he finished the carving, I believe. Huh. That's insane. Because we used to go skiing and run together and stuff. After we got out of the military, we kind of hooked up again. And, was this in Washington? Yeah, okay. Monroe, Monroe, Washington. Uh -huh. But sat up, I can't believe it. I keep first time I walked in there at the same bar I sat in in the <laughs> late seventies. Did like, that late just 60s, like bring a lot of memories up, back? We called Smith Hill because that's okay. where, the, where your grandparents, you know, yeah. there. And my parents were good friends with with your grandparents. Yeah, this, this goes way back. Yeah, since five years out. old. And that so. that bar sat in that house yeah. that mom and dad built, and for years after they sold it, and I think it was. It was changing owners or something at one point. And really? Buzz, Buzz knew him, or one of my dad's oh, yeah. brothers knew him and said, "Hey, that house is changing. Do you want that bar?" And so they went and snagged it, and that was probably so. The bar the, was out of the family for oh, a while, yeah. I didn't even too. Know. And that was probably in the here. '90s that they wow. recovered it. Early that's, '90s. Oh, wow. That's an incredible cycle yeah. for that, you know, yeah. to think about it. That yeah, that yeah. was in the just before there was even thoughts of a brewery or anything. So that, that was know, the I mean, party was just, room for yeah. my brother's generation. <laughs> Sometime. <laughs> and, now, and now it's yeah. your party room yeah. 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 <laughs> on a much bigger scale. Yeah, and what goes around comes around. Yep. So there it is. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah that's cool. It's a beautiful bar, though. It is. Is that fine maple? Or I think it's cherry maple. Cherry maple? I no. Did I hear right? Your dad cut the tree down? That Boy, that I think Tom might have. <coughs> One yeah, a family member anyway. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think it was Tom. And he built rifle stocks out of the rest of that thing. Yeah. And oh, crazy yeah, yeah. stuff for years. Yeah, beautiful stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. Pretty cool. That is cool yeah. that it's all come back around. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, we also, I mean, ten sleep. We got to oh, yeah. touch on that because people here at ten sleep. What the heck? What? Yeah, yeah. It yeah. sounds like a little town in yeah. the middle of nowhere. And 
it so kinda, it was. It is, but you it's know a more beautiful about than I do. So I, I think the legend is that there was a there are two big Indian camps, one down by Casper, Wyoming, and one up by Bridger, Montana, maybe. Mm-hmm. And this was halfway, which was ten sleeps. Yeah, okay. And I'm sure the internet folks are like going to like nights. collect ten the nights. heck out yeah. of me on this. But, well, yeah, we. You know. But it's basically halfway between two big Indian camps. I don't know if it was winter camps or hunting grounds or what it was, but. Okay. So that yeah. So this was just a popular stopover yep. to get out of the elements or something yep. maybe, and and uh, you know people are still turning up arrowheads out here. Lots of Incredible. lots of Native American history and and yeah. early um, early white history out here with the um, you know the Bozeman trails right on the other mm-hmm. side of the mountains. It got really really gnarly because we were encroaching on their hunting lands. Oh, no. So they were shooting up the Bozeman trail. So Jim Bridger made the Bridger Trail just over here by Warland to get up to the gold fields in Montana and you know there, there's people crossing all over through here it, it's yeah. really cool we you know you can see why the rock climbers just up yeah. just up here on the hills up here you can pick up are they I've been told they're squid bodies yeah bellamites yeah. really yeah. yeah and oysters these the gray and oysters yeah from way back when this was all underwater somewhere yeah. Yeah. well 4200 feet right and I was out last year about 15 miles out out past Castle Gardens and I parked my rig and I walked up this hill and there's just some big old rocks sticking up. I took, started beating on those rocks and opened one up and found four little clam shells. And yeah. I still wow. have yeah. ferns and clam shells. Yeah. And yeah. Over 4,000 feet up and there's fine clams. Well, come on. Totally <laughs> intriguing. That's science. Yeah, and, that's and cool. and out, out a little bit cool. further there's a place where you can climb up a little cliff with a hammer and you get break the rocks. They break easy and it's full of ferns and leaves. Yep, have yep. you seen those? Yep. There's probably some laying around big here. Big Cedar Ridge out out yeah, south of it's really cool to go out stomping around and looking for stuff. Cool guys. I think on that note, yeah. there's one question we ask everybody at the oh. end. Um, but our logo and everything in our company is living a stat life. So, wow. what very kind of brief or maybe in one or two words, how would each of you define your stat life? Oh, interesting. You got something. Mine's quick, easy. Dave? Yeah, I'm <laughs> 70, 77 years old and I'm still alive. <laughs> but it's because of the dude stout. The stout. <laughs> so it literally is the stout. <laughs> yeah, it's a stout. It helps a lot. Good for the joints. I think so too. I don't have any joint problems. There you go. Except beer joints. <laughs> what's what's my stout life? I uh, I managed to live in Austin, Texas for twelve years. And since then, I've lived in like successively massively smaller towns, and my quality of life has gone up. Like, huh. here's the population, here's the quality of life. And so, I'm living the stout life right now. Yeah. <laughs> Got the family out here. We ride bikes. We, you know, we ski. We chase uh, chase an elk. Yeah. Yeah. I'm maybe not really get, good at walking around chased with back my rifle. Elk. I'm not really good at knocking them down, but I spent a lot of time walking around. Yeah, that stout life is is quality of life. I, like I think that. both of those deserve cheers. cheers. Yeah, good thing I still have. Yeah, we still a little bit there. Cheers. cheers. Thanks, guys. That was fun. And you'd think after I don't know how many episodes of all these things that we've recorded and interviews that we've done because we've done a decent amount of them already that we'd stop banging on the table with our glasses or with their hands or we'd teach people how to not do it or we'd what move we the microphone. Do, no, no, what we need to do next time for the next interview we record, we'll bring oven mitts. And everybody <laughs> has to wear oven mitts. 
So it, even if they bang on the table, at least it'll be muted a little bit. It'll be softer. Okay. It'll be gentler. It'll be kinder. Okay, you guys, if you all know us, um, we're huge <laughs> Friends fans. So now all I picture is Kenny with these oven mitts and protecting himself from the cat and that duct Rachel... taped around. <laughs> the cat that Rachel bought. Oh, I was thinking on oh, where they were scratching each other. Phoebe <laughs> and her boyfriend when they had the chicken box and they Charlie couldn't Sheen. scratch. Yeah. So they see there's several <laughs> oven mitt episodes in Friends. There you go. <laughs> We're going to invest in oven mitts, Dan. Anyhow, we all, I don't know. We Somebody all send me an Amazon link so I can order ma- oven mitts from you guys. <laughs> I'm going to order like a case. A case of oven mitts? Yeah, we got to have a bunch. We're going to Walmart with oven mitts. Walmart. Not We're masks. Or not uh, gloves. Oh, yeah, we'll that would be oven good mitts. too. Yeah, I bet you that virus <laughs> can't get through those freaking oven mitts, man. Come on. But... Uh, uh, so yeah, but okay, <laughs> I hope a- you guys like that. I'm, we really like the small town breweries like that a lot. I mean, we find ourselves all the time going out, way out of the way a lot of times just to get to these small town places. This wasn't way out of the way. This was. I think where, it was. It kind of was, but it wasn't because we were just going. We were, we were on our way to Montana, and we were just. We had plenty of time. We were on our way to a a craft beer journalism conference of all things up in great falls, which is pretty far up North. And but Wyoming you know, was we were just, on we way. had a few weeks to get up there. Yeah. So we were just figuring it out. And, but what I was going with that is like these small towns, a lot of times have a, I mean, you'd be surprised how many small towns in this country have a brewery, almost all of them. And usually they are these kind of fun, quirky little places like this, but, um, just like Justin said, though, you know, he went from bigger places to with smaller. bigger jobs to okay lifestyle. Fine. He was happy. Yeah. But then as he got to smaller towns and different kind of less pressure job, I guess, I don't know. His, life, his lifestyle His lifestyle, his happiness, happiness, his joy. His joy factor went up. went up. Yeah, that's it. His joy factor. And so, you know, as we travel around all the time, we play the little hey could we live here game or would we want to live here if we ever settle down or or if we just want a place that even half time or whatever it is hmm. and i could see i never thought about probably probably not as small as 10 sleep but i never thought most about of the that time we don't think so but until you said so but a smaller town yeah something smallish just because you, the stress level is different you don't have the everybody's not right on top of each other and Although that's fun time sometimes too, you know, just depending on the Okay, but, not um, porn. Not porn. <laughs> Beer. But, uh, you know, you don't have, generally don't have the same kind of traffic issues and yeah. the hustle and bustle and like things tend to slow down a little bit and people tend to get a little friendlier or something. I don't know. Depends on which people are there, I guess. Oh, I have a story. That's what I was thinking of, like, something that reminded me of something when uh, Dave was talking about being 77 and he's got beard joints yeah. and it's because of the stout <laughs> that he's, like, doing really great. Um, it made me think of that story of the guy that we met at A Basin. He was late 70s. It was his birthday. Um, it was his birthday. He We asked for some reason at the end of the day how he was doing. He had, like, a snowboard that he was carrying. Oh, this um, was a long time this ago. This is a long time ago. This but, is walking back to the car. And this dude... I just want to give a little more context on the guy. She's giving me the evil eye. Because he's taking over my story. But this dude's like 77 years old, wearing like a full-on red jumpsuit. Remember that? It was like a one-piece head-to-toe jumpsuit. So he definitely wasn't the modern-day hipster kind of guy jumping in there. Is that why we ended up having a conversation with him? Because we asked about something. I think we just... 
he just had a big smile on his face and was so, carrying his snowboard. We and must was have older, obviously. Yeah. So, but we asked um, how his day we went or hey. something, or just like how how was it going? And he said it was great. And it turns out that he was with his grandkids on the mountain on his snowboard for the first time at seventy seven. Seventy seven years old. His grandkids wanted to take him snowboarding for the first time on his birthday, and he went. Granted, he's been a skier for mm-hmm. a while, I think, but to go snowboarding for the first time when you're 77 years old, and we still to this day have friends who are like in their 30s saying that they're to- too old to try things. Yeah. This guy inspired the hell out of me. And then when I met um, Dave, and he's just talking, and just the things that he has built when we were talking yeah. earlier about his property and the Airbnb and the stuff that he does. And yeah, he's still doing a lot of He goes of to Sturgis. And, yeah, he travels all the time. And like, and I can see like Justin being influenced by him too. Like you'll, you've learned that they were family, like families growing up. Mm-hmm. But that just made me think of that story of the guy on the snowboard for the first time in the mountains. And then like matching that up with um, Dave saying something about 77, still drinking the stout. And dude, that guy <laughs> looks good. He, it's great. It's inspirational. I want to be like that. We are like that. We are like that? We're just not that old yet. Okay. We'll be like that. Eventually we'll be that old. I want to be mountain biking and snowboarding when I'm 77 years old and still drinking the stout. That'll be our midlife crisis years. Okay. Sweet. (laughs) Here's to what? Here's to uh, a 77-year-old midlife crisis. Oh, I'll go with that one. All right. Cheers. Cheers. We'd love to hear from you, so keep the conversation going. Send us a note, share a beer recommendation or two, or just say hey. Oh, and remember to subscribe so you don't miss out. This Stout Conversation has been brought to you by livingastoutlife.com, where you can find community and resources for all your craft beer, travel, and adventure lifestyle needs. 